What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through my week eight start sits at the wide receiver position, breaking down every single matchup, talking about every single fantasy relevant wide receiver, and then listing them as either a start, sit, or a fringe option. Fringe options are just like lower end starts, potential flex plays, you don't love it, but you know, they're gonna be fine in your lineups. If you guys have any fantasy questions, you can drop those down below. I'll respond to every single person. And then if you guys do enjoy the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and then subscribe to the channel. But let's jump right into the Thursday night matchup. We have the Ravens taking on the Buccaneers. Now for the Ravens, I do have Rashad Bateman listed as a start. I understand why some people may not trust him in your lineups. I believe in week four, he uh, left with injury. So he only played in the first half, didn't produce. Then he misses a few games, comes back, doesn't really give you anything crazy. Like I said, first game back from injury, he had a 71% route participation, which is really not ideal, but he did turn that into five targets, four receptions for 42 yards. That also doesn't sound great, but when we actually look at how uh, low volume this Ravens team was in week seven, that's actually a 38% target share. So he was commanding targets. I think this is gonna be a favorable matchup against a banged up Buccaneer secondary. We saw in week one and week two, Rashad Bateman can be a big time playmaker. I really would not be surprised if he breaks a big gainer here against the Buccaneers on Thursday night. So I am gonna roll with Rashad Bateman, just kind of project that he's gonna up that snap share coming back from injury. And I think he can have a solid game. And then sitting Devin Duvernay, just can't be starting two uh, wide receivers from this Ravens offense. Now for the Buccaneers, obviously this offense looks terrible. The one I guess kind of bright side here is that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are still giving you decent production in PPR formats with the offense being horrendous, right? They scored no touchdowns against the Panthers. Mike Evans is still giving you, what, nine for 99. Chris Godwin, the volume was there. The yardage was not. There's really no way for these guys to get worse. Um, I think it can really only go up from here. And I think they're both still really strong starts. And then sitting Russell Gage, now moving over to the Sunday slate, we've got the early game between the Broncos and the Jaguars. And truly, I don't know what to do with these uh, Broncos wide receivers. Right early on, it looked like Cortland Sutton was going to be the guy. You know, he seemed to have the uh, best chemistry with Russ. Jerry Judy was underperforming. The whole offense has been bad. Then we've seen the last few weeks, Jerry Judy has looked like the better option. I just went out, listed both of these players as fringe options. I would say that if Russell Wilson is getting the start this week, I would go with Cortland Sutton as a start, Jerry Judy as a fringe play. I would say if Ripien, is that how you say it? Brett Ripien with the backup, whoever the backup is, I feel like you may have to prefer Judy. I feel like his skill set aligns better with Judy. Sutton's going to need someone to get him the ball down the field. That's probably not going to happen with the backup in there. So a situation we will have to monitor, but overall, just a really rough situation here with the Broncos offense. On the other side with the Jaguars, Christian Kirk with a really solid game, like him as a strong wide receiver to play, and then sitting Zay Jones and Marvin Jones. Then in the next matchup, we have the Panthers taking on the Falcons. Just a gross, gross matchup for really strong wide receivers in general. So DJ Moore coming off the best game of the season for him. I'm going to list him as a fringe option. I don't love it. I feel like this is going to be a run-heavy game on both sides but I think he's talented enough to be a fringe play. And then for the Falcons, I mean, Arthur Smith has just managed to tank the production and fantasy value of two top 10 NFL picks. And it's not like a uh, situation where they're top 10 picks, but they're busts. 
Like I fully believe that Kyle Pitts and Drake London are absolute studs. I think they're going to be stars in the future in the NFL. It's just really brutal and it's just tough to completely phase out these guys who are so talented. Like it's tough to be so talented and still give nothing for fantasy football. I mean, we're kind of seeing it on the other side with DJ Moore, but I kind of always thought, you know, like if they're in close games, it's going to be a bad game script. You know, they're going to be super run heavy, but maybe if they go behind early, then we're going to see the passing volume. We're going to see a big day from Kyle Pitts. We're going to see a big day from Drake London. The Falcons lost by 18 points and they attempted 13 pass attempts. I mean, I don't even understand how that's possible. If we can't see any passing volume, even in a blowout, like these guys cannot be started. Drake London's a sit, five total targets in the last two weeks. I truly think he is the best rookie wide receiver. And unfortunately, we're just not going to be able to see it this year. And I mean, he was producing through the first few weeks. Then they just go so run heavy and he's not even involved anymore. So pretty brutal there for Drake London. Then we have the Bears taken on the Cowboys. Bears got a big win on Monday night, had to represent with the, uh, I guess now old Cleo Mack jersey. But uh, for the Bears, I actually don't think Darnell Mooney is completely drawing dead here. I don't even know if he's rosterable, but I think, you know, we've seen some bright spots here with this Bears offense. This was obviously a very run heavy game from them, both from the running backs and from Justin Fields. But I feel like they're getting a little more pass heavy, at least dropping back more like Fields kind of runs on a lot of them but the dropbacks I think could improve. So I'm not willing to totally write off Darnell Mooney rest of season, but I think at this point, he's still definitely going to be a sit. For the Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb is an obvious start. Michael Gallup, kind of tough here. He's someone who I thought was gonna have a big game this past week, and I believe he got goose egged. So not great for Gallup. He's gonna be a sit until he can prove that, you know, he can give you a fantasy relevant performance. Then we have the Dolphins taking on the Lions. For the Dolphins, we're obviously firing up Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle as very, very strong starts. Should be a solid matchup here. I know the Cowboys didn't really take advantage, but I think the Dolphins can expect a big day from potentially both Hill and Waddle. For the Lions, I'm going to be assuming that Amon Ra is playing in this game. If Amon Ra is active and playing, he's going to be a clear start sitting Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond. On the other hand, if Amon Ra is out of this game, I think Josh Reynolds is the guy you would want to be playing. He kind of had a bust game in a spot where you thought he would be solid. We saw Khalif Raymond get the production. I would still much prefer Josh Reynolds as the uh, the starting option if Amon Ra is out. Now moving over to the Cardinals taking on the Vikings. For the Cardinals, we got to fire up DeAndre Hopkins as a very strong play. And then sitting Rondell Moore, I really thought Rondell Moore would be someone we could kind of rely on here. He was playing that role that Greg Dorch had early on in the season. Then they kind of shifted up the usage and ended up putting him outside on the Thursday night football game. Rondell Moore on the outside, that's not going to be getting it done for fantasy. So not great there. He's going to be a sit and then still sitting like Greg Dorch, Robbie Anderson, those guys. For the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, obviously locked in high-end wide receiver one. And I think Adam Thielen is also a solid start. Then we have the Raiders taking on the Saints. For the Raiders, Devontae Adams, high-end wide receiver one. Hunter Renfro has been a pretty big disappointment this season. The volume's just not there. He's really giving you nothing. He's also been banged up, so that's probably uh, not helped his case. But he's a clear sit. Same thing with Mac Hollins. Now, on the other side with the Saints, Chris Olave, just an absolute stud. Locked in start on the season. He's averaging 15.6 points per game. The last four games, 
and 17.6 PPR points. He has been targeted at least 13 times in 50% of his games. He has three games with 13 plus targets. That is absurd. I think he's a locked in high to mid-tier wide receiver two rest of season and just a super fun guy to watch. And I think he's going to be a strong play regardless of the health of Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Then in a divisional matchup between the Patriots and the Jets, I have the only starting wide receiver in this game as Jacoby Myers. The dude is just really good at football. He's going to get it done no matter what quarterback's throwing the ball to him. He had that great catch, able to turn it into a touchdown on Monday night. So he's the start. I actually really liked what I've seen out of Tyquan Thornton. Definitely seems like he's drawing live to be a legit NFL wide receiver. I know a lot of people, including myself, kind of crapped on that pick, but he's been you know solid in the uh, limited opportunities we've seen him get. Devonta Parker... He is going to be a sit. And then for these Jets, I mean, Garrett Wilson, obviously wildly talented. Corey Davis a little banged up. Elijah Moore, I guess he's back with the team, potentially playing. Braxton Berrios, all these dudes, just not enough passing volume, not even close to enough passing volume to trust any of these guys. Now, moving over to the Steelers, taking on the Eagles. This Steelers uh, wide receiver room was probably the toughest uh, start sit I had to uh, go through here. I would love to see one of these guys get traded. That may sound a little negative, but I just feel like it would help out everyone. We've heard Chase Claypool's name get thrown around. Like Chase Claypool to the Packers, that just raises the tide of everyone, except for, I guess, like a Steelers quarterback. But like Claypool to the Packers, Claypool's value goes up. We're going to see a more saturated uh, distribution of targets on the Steelers. It's just kind of gross situating between these three dudes, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Chase Claypool. They're all plenty talented. There's just not a ton of volume and not a ton of touchdown upside. So even a Deontay Johnson, I know his name hasn't really been thrown out there. I would love to see Deontay Johnson on a different team. But when we're looking at actually playing these guys this week, I'm just going to go player by player here. I have Deontay Johnson and George Pickens both listed as starts and then Chase Claypool as a fringe play. For Deontay Johnson, he has led the team in targets in six out of seven games. He is averaging 9.6 targets per game. And on those 9.6 targets, he has only turned that into 10.8 points per game. It's just wildly disappointing when we're looking at the volume. He has a pretty high weekly floor. The ceiling has just not been there at all. I think he's due for a big game. It's kind of lazy analysis because it's like, yeah, I guess. There's just no way you can consistently be given 9, 10, 11 targets a game and not turn that into at least one, like 7 for 100 in a touchdown. It has to happen. I feel like it's coming soon. He's also scored no touchdowns, which has definitely limited his fantasy production. I still think he's someone who's startable, but I totally understand he's someone who's been wildly disappointing. He's one of my most targeted uh, players in all of fantasy, so I've definitely been feeling it. George Pickens, I have him as a start. He's shown some really solid chemistry here with Kenny Pickett. These are the games where you know we've had Pickett play a decent amount. We had week four where Pickett takes over at half. I feel like George Pickens had basically nothing going on in the first half, finishes the game with six receptions, 102 yards. Then week five, Pickett gets to start. Six receptions, 83 yards. Pickett got knocked out of the week six game, so not including that one. Then week seven, Pickett gets to start. Six receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. So he just flat out produces when Pickett is there. I'm not going to argue it. Just got to roll with it and accept that he's going to be a really strong play in your lineups when Pickett is playing which should be for the foreseeable future. Then for Chase Claypool, he's really come alive over the last three weeks. 
24 targets over that stretch and averaging 14.2 points per game in the last three weeks. Like I said, would love to see him on a different team. Not sure if it's going to happen. I think I would rank him as the wide receiver three fantasy-wise on this team, but still someone who I think could be a fringe option. It just seems like it's tough to have all three of these guys give you solid games. You're probably going to get at least one a week, maybe two. Hitting on all three, it's just going to be tough given the uh, lack of overall uh, passing production. Then for the Eagles, pretty clear here, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, both really strong starts. Then we have the Titans taking on the Texans. For the Titans, just nothing going on here at wide receiver. Robert Woods is a sit. Hopefully we get to see uh, Traylon Burks back off the IR within the next few weeks. But other than that, just not interested in these wide receivers. For the Texans, I have Brandon Cooks listed as a start. He's definitely been, you know, disappointing. I still think he's someone we throw into our lineups as like a, I don't know, wide receiver, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, somewhere in there. That's a pretty wide range, but I feel like he's in that tier of players. And then sitting Nico Collins, their number two. Then we have the Commanders taking on the Colts. And I think this Commander wide receiver room is interesting. I have McLaurin and Curtis Samuel both listed as starts. I have Jahan Dotson listed as a sit. He could make his return uh, this week here in week eight. It's possible. I wouldn't throw him into my lineup just yet. He's had some impressive games, scored a lot of touchdowns, but just someone I want to kind of wait and see it. Now for real life fantasy, Taylor Heineke is not a good quarterback. He's actually probably pretty miserable as a real life player, but I think he's actually pretty good for these weapons, including Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. We saw each of them targeted eight times. Curtis Samuel added five carries on the ground. Heineke will just straight up put the ball up for grabs. He will give his weapons opportunities to make plays. They may be bad throws. They're very risky throws, but he just puts the ball out there. So these guys are going to get opportunities. I think we can continue to fire these players up. And I think McLaurin probably takes a huge bump going from uh, Wentz to Taylor Heineke which is kind of the opposite of what we were expecting where Terry McLaurin's value was bumped up because we thought he had a quarterback upgrade. That is not how it has played out so far. On the other side with the Colts, I talked about how he had a really tough time situating the, uh, what was it, the uh, Steelers wide receivers. I probably had an equally tough time with this Colts wide receiver room. I ended up settling on, obviously, Michael Pittman as a start. That wasn't the tough part. It was between Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell. I ended up settling on Alec Pierce as a fringe option, Paris Campbell as a sit. Now we saw all three of these wide receivers have at least a 96% snap share. That is notable because early on in the season, that was only Pittman and Campbell. And then Alec Pierce was in like the 70 to 75% range. So this is a major upgrade for Campbell in the usage department, or I mean for Pierce in the usage department. Now Paris Campbell has had back-to-back big games. He had seven for 57 in a touchdown and then 10 for 70 and a touchdown. On the other side, we saw uh, Alec Pierce have a solid run from week three to week six. He had a three for 61, four for 80, eight for 81, and then a four for 39 and a touchdown. Now, the way I'm kind of viewing this, you may be looking at that like, all right, Pierce gave some solid games, but Campbell's been a stud the last two weeks. If you're telling me that all three of these players are gonna be getting 90 plus percent route participation, I wanna place a bet on Alec Pierce. Now, if he was at 70 to 75 still and Paris Campbell was at 90 plus, it's a different conversation. If we're going to give Alec Pierce 90 plus percent of the snaps or 90 plus percent of the route participation, he's someone I would want to buy into. So that's the difference there. Also, this could be a semi-weak argument, but we have Matt Ryan uh, sat down. I don't think I mentioned it yet. Matt Ryan benched 
Ellinger coming in. I think it's possible Ellinger has some uh, interesting chemistry here with an Alec Pierce, similar to a Kenny Pickett, uh, George Pickens situation, right? Rookie uh, quarterback, rookie wide receiver. Obviously, Ellinger is not a rookie, but he's the backup quarterback, third string guy, was probably getting some opportunities with Alec Pierce early on in training camp. So just another thing to consider there. We have the 49ers taking on the Rams. For the 49ers, I have both Debo and Ayuk listed as a start. Now, when I talked about CMC getting traded to the 49ers, I talked about how I thought this was a minor downgrade for Debo and then like a minor downgrade for Kittle. I thought it actually hurt Brandon Ayuk the most. Some of you guys actually kind of uh, viewed it a different way in the comments. You were saying that you thought it opened up stuff for Ayuk. Personally, I wasn't buying it. I think that's totally possible. I feel like that's kind of what we saw this past week. He's had back-to-back big games, 11 targets in each of the last two weeks. Week six, eight for 83, two touchdowns. Week seven, seven for 82. In general, it just seems like CMC coming in is going to make this offense so much better. So maybe it just opens up opportunities for Brandon Ayuk, who we know is plenty talented, but just wasn't getting the opportunities early on. So I probably am wrong on this one, at least through one week. Um, And CMC wasn't even super involved in this game. So we could see some big games out of Brandon Ayuk moving forward. So I do think he's upgraded from what I had him as a fringe last week now to a solid start. On the other side with the Rams, starting Cooper Cup. Some people may be hyped about Allen Robinson after his one decent game. For me, after being pretty miserable through five weeks, I'm going to need to see more than one decent performance to trust him as a start. We have the Giants taking on the Seahawks. For the Giants, I talked about Wondell Robinson as a sit last week, thought he could improve on his role, then maybe get bumped up to a fringe play. He did that. 78% raw participation, led the team in targets, eight targets, six receptions, 50 yards. Very interesting player moving forward, sitting Darius Slayton. Now for the Seahawks, I have Tyler Lockett listed as a start. Looks like DK Metcalf is going to be missing some time. And we saw Marquise Goodwin have a really big day. I believe he caught two touchdowns. This to me seems like a little bit of a fool's gold situation where it's like, okay, he had this huge game. He's going to be the number two now stepping in for DK Metcalf. Looking at Marquise Goodwin as a player, you know, I believe he's 30. If not 30, he's close to it. So we've seen a lot of him is my point here. And he's never really broken out as someone we can trust in fantasy. I just don't think this far into his career, he's now going to be someone that we're plugging into our lineups. So he is going to be a sit here. Then on Sunday Night Football, we have the Packers taking on the Bills. Al Nazard uh, left with injury in Week 8. I believe it's something with his arm, shoulder. It seems like he's doubtful to play in this uh, game on Sunday night, but I did just want to list him as a start if he was healthy. If Lazard is out, I think we just got to fade this wide receiver position. Dobbs has been getting the uh, routes, but has just done nothing with it. Watkins, sit. So if Lazard is out, just not interested in the Packers wide receivers. For the Bills, starting Stephon Diggs, starting Gabe Davis, sitting McKenzie and Shakir, who are splitting that uh, slot roll. And then the final game of the week, Monday Night Football, Bengals taking on the Browns. For the Bengals, I've always listed Jamar Chase and T. Higgins as starts. I've pretty consistently listed Tyler Boyd as a sit. I feel like it's time for that to change. Tyler Boyd, massive game. It's just to the point where the Bengals passing attack has looked so good. I think he can support three starting weapons. I mean, obviously this was like an insane day from Joe Burrow, but all three of those dudes gave you solid fantasy production with Boyd and Jamar Chase giving you like monster days. So I don't think it's crazy on like a given week for Chase to have 100 yards and a touchdown, 
Higgins to have 80 yards and Boyd to be at like six for 60. I feel like that's something we could uh, start to see pretty consistently. So I am going to list all three of those players as starts. On the other side with the Browns, starting Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones has had some decent games, potentially someone who becomes a fringe play when Deshaun Watson is back, but the lack of touchdown upside, lack of consistency, he is going to be a sit. So that is going to wrap it up for every single week eight matchup. If you guys enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I have the running back start sit posted on my channel, so go check that out. Waiver wire, trade targets, buy low, sell high, those are also up. Thank you guys for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.